This is Forum. I'm John Michaels, Public Affairs Radio Director since 1977. Uh, more about human trafficking as uh, in plain sight was held last Tuesday in Sioux Falls uh, as part of Call of Freedom. And one of the speakers uh, of three will have uh, uh, Lisa Gershek and Rita Gail O'Brien. And uh, right now, uh, Alia Deweez Azar, have, have, is that correct, close enough? Alia Azariah. Azariah, okay. Now, you're Director of Aftercare Development at Safe House Project, Local Program Director, Manager at uh, Forever Found, a member of the California uh, Action Teams Advisory Board, and uh, you have personal experience as a victim of trafficking in the commercial sex industry. It goes on and on here, but to tell us, uh, you're in Sioux Falls this last week, and uh, people say, well, this is on the movie, uh, Sound of Sound of Freedom. It's in California, it's New York, but it's it's Midwest too, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Anywhere there are people, there's trafficking. Now you've been doing this for a while. Uh, is this increasing? Are we looking at something that is going to get worse, uh, or can we do something to stop it? Well, I I think that it's something that's always been here. I think that it's it's something that's evolving and changing. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's worse than it's ever been. Um, the thing is that we are seeing it now more than we've ever seen it before. We're understanding it more. And it looks different now than it did in the 90s or the 70s or, you know, 100 years ago. Um, but that just because it has been here does not mean that it, there's not things for us to do. Um, so our organization, Safe House Project, we always say that we're, we're trying to eradicate trafficking by 2030. Um, and that starts with, with small steps. Well, one step at a time is education. Communication is what we like to do here, Call of Freedom. Uh, they have a staff now of 28. Uh, that says something right there that they have a staff of 28 in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That's right, and the most incredible staff. I've had the opportunity to meet with all the Call of Freedom staff, and they are all working with clients, and there is more need. 28 people is not enough to fill the need that they're seeing. Well, we talk about slavery a lot in the last couple of years, but there's more slaves now than any other point in human history, 40 million in bondage across the globe when we talk about human trafficking is slavery. Yes, yeah, now, I would say that's true. Can you give us your own story? Uh, you're a victim um, because you have more authenticity than I do. Uh, what's some of the things that you experienced? Yeah, so I like to say I was a victim of trafficking and now I'm a survivor of trafficking. Um, along with many other things that I am now. But um, my trafficking started when I was um, 13, and, and, it, and I was trafficked um, on and off for, for 15 years. Um, and so that looked different throughout the time. It never looked just like one way. And so uh, as a minor, you don't need to have a trafficker to be trafficked. You just need to have people that are buying you. And so that was how it started for me. It started that way when I was 13 years old with social media. And this was at the very beginning of social media. And when we had like one of the first social networking sites out there, which was MySpace. Um, and so it started that way when I learned that needs that I could get met, that I wasn't getting met elsewhere, could be met um, through, through finding people um, on social media. And so I started that way and then quickly got involved with a, with a person who was trafficking me within six months of that when I was 14 um, and continued being trafficked by that person who I thought was my boyfriend, but as a 14-year-old, he was a 28-year-old man. Um, and he continued to traffic me when he wasn't in jail for the next four years. 
Um, and from then, like, went from trafficking relationship to domestic violence relationship back to trafficking relationship because those experiences had been so normalized at that point and ended up um, just being trafficked through um, through various uh, industries um, until I was 27 and was able to, to exit and escape. Well, I have a 10-year-old grandson, uh, Ali. I, I, he plays Fortnite, and uh, uh, he has friends in Canada and Kentucky that play with him on uh, Wombly Life and, and uh, Minecraft and that. Uh, but you, as a parent uh, or even a grandfather or whichever, you have to be very careful. I know that these are young kids, but uh, sometimes the adults can make them sound pretty uh, friendly as a young kid on, on even the, in those innocent games. Yeah, I would say that the majority of the young boys um, that I have worked with, um, whose cases have come across my desk, who um, were trafficked by someone outside of their family, they met they met that person on a gaming platform, like Minecraft or like Call of Duty or um, somewhere where other people had access to them. Well, and the I- interesting thing with boys is the average age of entry into into being trafficked for a girl is 12 to 14. For boys, the average age of entry is 8 to 10. Is there a lifespan for those that get yeah, into it? There's, there's, I can't quote the study. I don't remember which study it was, but there was a study that came out that said that the average um, lifespan of a person, once they start being trafficked, if they don't get out, is only 8 years. So if they get trafficked to 10, 18 is possibly the uh, length of life. Um, yeah. How, okay, as a parent now, how do I check the, the my grandson playing uh, you know Minecraft on online? How do I how do I how can I be sure? Yeah, and I know I know you're going to talk to Alyssa um, as well, and we've already talked to her, and she this is really her area of absolute expertise. So I'm okay. excited to see what she has to say there. Um, well, also, but for me, I I turn all of those features off. I'm a mom also, and I turn I turn everything. There's no reason to me that you we would need to be chatting with someone, even if they're friends, right? Um, like, the risk for me just isn't enough. Like, my my 13-year-old isn't going to have social media. Um, I, I say, show me the studies where social media has ever been shown to be helpful for teens, and I'll let you get it. And she hasn't been able to find them yet. Um, so I, I trust try and avoid at all costs my 7-year-old. Um, really wants Fortnite, really, really wants it. And just for me, that I've seen too much. I've seen too much of the of what can be out there and then what started as a kid thinking they were on an innocent game or platform, um, and it just hasn't been worth it. And so I, ch- I check phones constantly. I install great software. Bark is a great, great software to have on kids' phones. And it looks for more than just the really obvious things like pictures being sent. It also looks for, like, Things like if somebody were to text my 13-year-old and say, like, wow, you're really mature for your age, Bark would notify me of that. Because um, it tra- it also tracks those turns of phrase that seem to be predatory. I'm going to pronounce your name, I hope, again. Aliyah Deweez. Aliyah Deweez Azariah, uh, Director of Aptitude Development at Safe House Project. And, and you've been working with many, you know, thousands of individuals and stuff like that throughout the country. Uh, in the next two minutes that I have, how... What would you like to say to the people who are very naive listening right now? Yeah, I would say that, um, you know, we, we all want to believe that terrible things don't happen in our communities. 
every time you see something on the news and they've arrested someone and they talk to their neighbors, it's, oh, I never knew. Maybe they kept to themselves. And it's the same thing with trafficking. There's trafficking happening in every community from rural to suburban to urban. Um, and it doesn't discriminate. We see kids and adults who had every kind of a background. Um, the thing is, they're, they're looking, traffickers know who to, who to pinpoint, and it's people who are vulnerable. It's people that they know um, won't um, put up a fight and that will go with them easily. And those people are people who already believe that, um, that, that, that they have no worth, that they have no value. And so um, what we see is like a lot of kids who are foster youth or who are youth that have been um, incarcerated or youth that just don't have strong family support. Maybe their parents are absent or, um, or their parents are on drugs and things like that. So even if you're listening to this and it's not your child that uh, might be at risk, it might be your child's friend. It might be your child's, you know, lab partner. It might be the person that they're working um, on a school project with. And so the more that we all inform ourselves, um, like the more that we can notice what's going on around us. And I don't think it's ever too young to start start educating our kids in age-appropriate ways. But I think about the amount of people that knew me when I was a teenager, when I was going through these things. And I had great friends in high school that if maybe they had known um, how to identify what was going on with me, um, because I didn't know, they could have maybe told their mom and their mom could have gotten someone to help me. Um, because the services here, the programs like Call to Freedom, there are services available to help these kids and help these adults, um, but they're never going to know and they're never going to be able to, to get these services unless somebody um, notices them, cares about them, and, and provides support. Well, I'm going to have you pronounce your name correctly because uh, <laughs> I, I have a hard time. It's Aliyah? Alia, Alia, Yeah, Alia. Okay. Uh, your program manager at Forever Found, a member of the California uh, Action Teams Advisory Board. Uh, thank you for coming to Sioux Falls and speaking to people in Sioux Falls. And uh, thank you for being with us on Forum. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Next on Forum, we have uh, Rita Gail O'Brien. I have no, pro- no no problem pronouncing your name, Rita. Uh, I wish I, I would imagine a little bit, but you have LLMSW at the end of your name. Can you tell us what that means? I am a limited licensed master social worker, and my focus is trauma. Well, that that's a good thing to be uh, in our subject that we're talking about, but you're also a survivor of familial yeah. trafficking, an educator in the field of sex trafficking. Uh, you've been in Sioux Falls uh, talking to people in Sioux Falls uh, for the Call of Freedom uh, at the Plain uh, Insight uh, program that they had. Tell us uh, what people in the Midwest really need to know. Uh, it's it's kind of like, well, that's in the movie Sound of Freedom, or that's in New York, that's in California, but uh, it's everywhere, isn't it? It is everywhere, and it happens to anybody, everybody, regardless of anybody's background, and we need to be more knowledgeable about it to make it end. Well, tell us what people need to know. Uh, we talked uh, a little bit about online uh, games uh, that my grandson plays and that kind of thing in, in the previous segment. Uh, but social media was a big thing on that, and, and it really is with the young people, isn't it? Yes, it is. Well, now you can get in a group of people. Uh, we've got Sturgis coming up. We have the Sioux Empire Fair, a large group of people. Uh, parents need to know where their kids are, don't they? Yes, and I think people need to be aware that, you know, an individual can be 
And they don't know they're being trafficked. They don't know the legal rights. They don't have any idea if a person in power above them could be trafficking them for a place to sleep or for drugs or for their rent. I mean, it happens more often than people know. What about people they do know, like a uncle or a relative or that type of thing? Is that a problem? Well, it can be a problem because an uncle or maybe an aunt may know, and they're afraid to say something because that person may be threatening them. And it's, it's best to set up a safety plan and go to the Call to Freedom website because they have a lot of tips you can do because you've got to kind of plan this out. You can't just, you know, sometimes it's not easy to get away. This is a, a hard sentence to say, uh, Rita, but it's true, even in South Dakota, sometimes people are so desperate they sell their babies. Yes, it happens a lot. I, uh, I was a police officer in Michigan, and a mom sold her daughter for sex to support her cocaine habit. Just that right there, I think, uh, woke up a few people in that sense. But um, is this going to be something that's going to be of more concern? It's it's an increasing uh, business for the cartels. Are we going to see more of it in the Midwest? It's going to keep increasing because you can sell a body over and over. You can sell a human being over and over. So it's very important that we educate people to end it because if we don't, our young people are at risk, and so are people in general, no matter who somebody is. So it's way worse. It's almost worse than, uh, you know, selling of handguns and drugs because drugs, you sell them once. People, you can sell over and over. We well, say so you've done police security. You've been a director of a sorority. Uh, you've had an undergraduate degree at Eastern Michigan University and, and so on. Uh, but, okay, um, uh, parents, their kids go out on a Friday night, and they don't come home. Uh, what can the parents do? Should they call the police? What can they do? Well, I would go right to the kids' social social media website, whether it's Snappy Chat or Facebook or whatever kids use nowadays. Somebody knows something because 65% of um, people being trafficked, it's by somebody they know. It's not, you know, they're not just snatched off the street. They've been groomed by somebody. Are they looking for... Uh, maybe something they don't have at home. Maybe they're looking for someone that's more of a family or more uh, loneliness, I guess, is one of the things. Uh, homelessness is another. Uh, uh, maybe they just got out of a divorce. Maybe they uh, ran away from home. What are some of the things that people need to uh, 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 make them susceptible? Well, more of them, you know, so what does it say? 62% are tra- tricked into trafficking by someone they know and trust. And they're looking, you know, sex traffickers look for posts on children on, 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 you know, websites that say, nobody gets me. I'm ugly. I'm being treated like a kid. So then the trafficker latches onto that and they pretend to say, oh, I understand you and I'll make your life better. I'll encourage you to take risks. You're an adult, but they're not. What is a point where parents say, well, it's not just somebody running away from home or ran away to their best friends, uh, neighbors or whichever. Uh, that they should be concerned that it actually is trafficking. Well, I mean, if your kid comes home with some expensive um, jewelry or a fancy purse or expensive shoes or something like that, they might have been forced to trade themselves for sex, and that person may have been sworn to secrecy. That happens a lot more than parents realize. Well, just going to the mall can be uh, a dangerous proposition, then, can it? Yes, but it's also neighborhood parties, like if, you know, mom and dad are gone and teenagers have other teenagers over, I mean, they can be trading favors in the bedroom and, you know, something somebody could slip something into somebody's drink and then things happen. 
Well, that's exactly what I was going to say is crack cocaine, they can put it in a, in a Coke or a drink, uh, and the person doesn't even know it, and they can be uh, hooked on it, uh, and, and it wasn't even their fault. There's new drugs now that are even, even more of a worry. Oh, yeah, definitely. What, uh, you know, like I say, okay, the girl goes out, she gets drugged, um, and she's hooked uh, with the drugs. Basically, that, that keeps them in, in line, doesn't it? Well, I know for me, I've worked at a couple of shelters, and yes, the traffickers keep a person in line by getting them hooked on drugs and then doesn't feed them, doesn't do anything for them till they do the next sexual favor, and then, yep, they have them hooked, but they need help. I mean, they've got to get help in order to get free, and they have to get away from the person trafficking them. How do they get away? Well, they have to get away by, you know, knowing where they can go. They have to know and recognize that they're being trafficked. And once they can do that and feel safe and get away, then they can finally get healing. How much does the Sound of Freedom movie um, look real to you? Well, I mean, it's, I think he did a great job with the movie. I think it's real in the sense that children are trafficked a lot. Uh, but it happens more in the United States than people realize. I mean, it happens out of the country because a lot of people will go to other countries and buy sex, but it happens here just as much, maybe if not more. We just don't know it because we're not talking about it. We just want to bury it. That's what I'm saying is stick your head in the sand, uh, the uh, ostrich type of thing. Um, yeah. But in Sioux Falls, like I say, Call of Freedom now has a staff of 28, and that says yep. something right there. What can, I, yep. what can I give you as a couple minutes to say anything you want right now to the people in their audience? I would tell people, please, please know what to look for. Uh, tonight they're having a cyber event. If you go online and register, we still have space. And people can go online and learn what to watch for with their kids in cyber security to, to not put stuff out there where traffickers can find your kid at a sport event or your kid at what school they go to. we got to keep our kids safe, and that's the biggest thing we have to know is in, in getting people help. I think Call of Freedom does have some educational classes on that. Um, Call of Freedom uh, website in Sioux Falls is uh, having a lot of uh, education for parents, I know, in that sense, too. But uh, uh, Rita, Gail, O'Brien, want to thank you very much for being with us on forum uh very much and keep up the work and we'll try and educate and communicate uh, as much as we can all right you have a wonderful evening thank you for your time thank you bye-bye next on forum uh we have elisa okay uh i'm gonna say Gyorshek. yes give your chick Gyorshek. okay now you're the third person that uh, spoke at the uh, In Plain Sight program with the uh, Call to Freedom. Uh, but in addition to holding a master's degree in international relations from Harvard, uh, you're a member of the International Survivor Advisory Council, a member of Interpol's Human Trafficking Expert Group, and a member of the Global Association of Human Trafficking Scholars, uh, certified human trafficking investigator. Uh, it reads almost like something out of the uh, movie Taken. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I, I guess yeah. you just got back from Ukraine. Is it? Is that right? Yes, yes. I was in Lviv, Ukraine, assisting my partner, uh, medics for Ukraine. So I was just just returning from there, and now I'm here. Well, now when you say Interpol, uh, tell us how that yep. works because uh, the cartels are global, um, and, but they're also in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, aren't they? Yep. Yep. Well, that's Most definitely are. 
We we keep saying, no, nah, that can't be Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That's New York, California. But we're right on the crossroads of two interstates. Uh, of course, Sturgis mm-hmm. coming up and so on. Um, but I guess, you know, the uh, uh, you, you've been in this for a long time. Um, it, mm-hmm. Is this something that's going to be more of a concern for our grandkids even? Uh, or is this something that maybe we can do something about? Yes, most definitely. I, I truly believe that it should be a concern for all of us, um, not only because of the uh, the thriving organized crime and criminal networks that are existing today and continuing to exploit individuals for profit. However, uh, I think that right now what we really need to focus on is the Internet-facilitated human trafficking, uh, the advancement of technologies as well as cyberspace, the, the way we connect with our loved ones are all being used and leveraged uh, to continue their business operations. How young are we talking about? Young as in really, I wouldn't want to put a, an age uh, group uh, to it because even for example, you have young children that know how to now unlock phones. Uh, They're also leveraging technology that has connection to internet. What I always say is anything that connects to cyberspace is an open door to threat actors. Uh, so I, I wouldn't put an age group to that. I would just say that obviously the language needs to be age appropriate, but we should start developing those skills for our youth uh, on how to make and protect themselves online and offline. Well, how can these worldwide criminal networks be disrupted? They're disruptive uh, because trafficking routes and flows, there are specific ways that, let's say, in Europe, uh, it could impact us here in the United States. Also, they thrive off of the fact that uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there, as well as uh, we are not as trained and aware of their access to us. In cyberspace, you could have a trafficker in Europe, you could have a victim in the U.S., and then you can have a buyer in a completely other country. There's no longer borders separating us, but they're they're able to work in multiple jurisdictions at once. So there really is not a safety threshold for their access. Uh, you could have a, uh, a large criminal network let's say, uh, the Russian mafia in Eastern Europe, and they could be targeting uh, victims or potential victims in the United States. We saw a lot of that during the Ukraine crisis. When you say buy, uh, how, much money, yeah. how much money are these uh, slaves being sold for? So it really depends. Uh, I never like to give a... You'll never hear me give a statistic or a set price for any of these activities. Uh, I try to focus not on the profit side. Mm -hmm. They're definitely making a profit, a large profit, but that would also depend on the region and the services and and more really. Uh, They're all very unique. Uh, There isn't a way to just pinpoint how much they're making, but it's highly profitable. It's enough for them to be highly organized and work in groups depending on their style of organized crime, and it's enough to really uh, violate the human rights of a human being. In our government, are there people that are helping you? Well, there's people helping you, but are there people that are 
actually behind the scenes uh, fighting against you because of their connections. So in the government space, uh, there there are a lot of, like, something I'd like to mention is this is, it's going to take all of us to fight this crime. Uh, it's going to take policymakers, it's going to take leaders, it's going to take nonprofits, private sector, public sector, financial institutions. It's really any industry, any profession an individual is in. It's going to take all of us doing the collaborative work that we do, enhancing each other's efforts, talking. Like I mentioned, there's no borders, no jurisdiction line, so there needs to be an open line of communication, uh, as well as there is evidence of corrupt officials as well that are enabling the problem and fueling the problem, and that's something that we also need to educate on and address as well. Uh, and that's even more important when we think of the cyberspace as- aspect. Uh, social media companies, Internet providers, uh, we are all in our community, and we're all responsible for protecting and safeguarding the rights of human beings on Earth. Uh, tell us, Becky Rasmussen has done a, a pretty good job of, of the work that she's done in Sioux Falls with Call to Freedom, hasn't she? Yes, yes, definitely. 28 members now in her staff. That shows that uh, that means that there really is a problem in Sioux Falls, doesn't it? Yes, yep, yep, definitely. Okay. Well, what can I give you in, in the last uh, couple minutes that you can say to the people that are just listening to the radio and say this doesn't bother me, but maybe two years from now it will? Um, what can you say to them? What I would like to say is that even if this crime hasn't affected your personal life, It will. We're all, no matter where we're at, where we're from, I'm personally from Billings, Montana, it no longer cares where you're from. It is happening everywhere. It could happen to anybody. And I'm here to basically ask everyone, please have those difficult conversations. Please, please, please do your research. Educate yourself. Learn how to keep your family and yourself safe. Speak out about it for those that cannot speak about it. And know that if we don't address it now, it's only going to get worse. And coming from a research perspective, as my company, we research the trends and the technology and the methods and techniques so that we can stay ahead of the criminals and advise our partners, such as law enforcement, on what is happening next. And we're already late. We are already late. The cyberspace, the advancement, internet-facilitated internet human trafficking is happening right now as we speak. And right now is a time for all of us to come together and fight for the human beings because you never know. You don't want to get that call in the middle of the night or early morning of someone that you love that was being exploited and you will feel that feeling of, oh, I could have done more. So not only asking you, there's more that you could do than opening up your pockets. Get involved. Reach out to your anti-trafficking organization. Vet them. Ask them, you know, what can I do for you? Every single person in their profession has a part to play in this. And if we don't all work together, it's going to, it's only going to get worse. Lisa uh, Gorshak, I, I want to say that a lot of people listening are on a Sunday morning when this airs on a Sunday morning, and they're mm-hmm. getting ready to go to church. What churches do a lot uh, to help. Uh, there's there's a lot they can do, don't they? 
Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. They, they can. I, I have been so blessed to be able to partner with Call to Freedom. They have been incredible to me. I am also a survivor myself. So the ability to have that voice, um, share my faith, also bring a light. A lot of the work that I do is darkness. I mean, my tagline is we have eyes in the dark. But what Call to Freedom does is they gave me a place to spread my mission, also bring some light into this fight. So I think that, uh, yes, I, if you could get involved in your church, you can get involved with a faith-based organization such as Call to Freedom. I think that you are definitely in good hands, and there's definitely a lot of work to do. <laughs> Well, your description information that I'm reading here says, you are driven by a desire to safeguard the population, protect the vulnerable, and bring criminals to justice. Um, that uh, That's not just something out of a Marvel Superman magazine. That's, uh, that's something you really believe, isn't it? Yes, my truth. It's definitely my truth. Uh, God called me to use the skills that I have, use the passion that fuels my fight. And basically go to battle. And once I got to battle, I realized, wow, we have really no idea what evil is out there. Thank you. Uh, With the authenticity that you have, I can read statistics, Mm -hmm. but you have, uh, like you say, been a victim. And thank you very much for sharing uh, your passion with us, Uh, Lisa. uh, Georgia, is that, am I pronouncing that right? Yes, Georgia, Georgia, okay. (laughs) Thank you very much for being with us on Forum. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And thank you very much for being in Sioux Falls. We appreciate that, too. Thank you. Thank you.